Well, there is a new unstoppable movement that's fixing almost everything wrong with America's health care. It's called direct care, and by sidestepping entrenched extractive middles, employers and consumers alike can eliminate all the built-in confusion, gaming, all the tyranny. Because direct care pays for itself, so the members and white coats are doubling every three years. Welcome to the new healthcare economy, where everyone wins. Redirect Health. I chose Redirect Health as our sponsor for a few reasons. I'm a happy client five years now, and our most downloaded shows by far are Redirect Health shows. No one has a health plan for small employers more focused on reducing healthcare costs than Redirect Health. They have over 3,000 Google five-star ratings and growing daily, and they average 4.6 stars overall. So stay tuned for your free report at the end of this show. Business Owner's Guide to Slashing Healthcare Premiums. Get.redirecthealth.com backslash run. And now to the show. How do you find the right hospital for what ails us and about the right surgeon when you need one? Well, there's too many choices out there. And do you get references from a friend? Do you go to like an Uber type rating online? There's many of those. Well, some perform a few of your surgeries you need a month, some a few daily. Some surgeons generalize, some have lots of infections and complications and readmissions. Most surgeons these days specialize, and some surgery centers have nearly perfect track records thanks to best practices, checklists, and protocols. And we want the best when we're going under the knife. But how do you best find these guys and these gals? Well, we can talk about leapfrog ratings for best facilities, but not all the independent surgery centers are rated. Or you can go to Yelp for Surgeons. On our last show with Dutch Rojas, we discussed a way better idea than Yelp. Because the problem with a Yelp rating for surgeons is it has a big problem. Mistakes can show up way later, often years later. So I was with my friend Tom this weekend from North Dallas, and he needed a second back surgery to repair the incompetency from the first back surgery five years ago. The old yarn is the best predictor of a back surgery is the last terrible one. If Tom had listened to this show, that we had with Carol Raymond Murray, he would have learned from the author of the Crooked that no orthopedic surgeon would ever undergo the kind of surgery that he had on his back. They do it because it makes them a lot of money, but they wouldn't do it for their own family. So the book Crooked had so many references, and she's a New York Times former reporter, but it had so many references, the publisher insisted that she set up a separate site because there were 600 of them. Well. Tom, my friend, might have been better served had today's guest given him access to something very simple and really not so simple in the same breath. How do our ends that work in our nation's hospitals and surgery centers feel about that doctor, that surgery center? Because every hospital has a complete jerk who's the most competent in their field. No bedside manner, but that's who the nurses would shortlist for their family surgery. And they all know a backslapping, glad-handing hack and incompetent. They're super charming and they're walking dangerous minefield of uneven outcomes. They're beloved, but they're lousy professionally, like any profession. Our OB-GYN was doc number one. He didn't know or care if I was alive or dead, but he was a master at labor and delivery on all three of our sons' birth, and my wife loved that. Well, me too, actually, once he went into his genius zone, because man, it was like a fighter pilot, man. 
that he had any warmth at all for dads or zero warmth at all for dads in that room was of zero consequence to me. Today, I introduce you to Linda Komisak, the co-founder and COO of Strategic Authentic Fearless. She co-founded Care Luminate with Taylor Davis in the late spring of 2023, bringing with her an impressive portfolio of delighted healthcare clients. She has an impeccable reputation from creating great experiences for healthcare systems, partners, and ultimately the patient. As an RN herself, she knows that every nurse has an important story to tell. She leads Care Luminate operations and creatively drives meaningful new insights into the way both hospitals and healthcare workers perceive quality in their work environment. She's worked for the biggest HR vendors, several small privately held digital health and revenue cycle companies, and she's run her own successful consultancy, most recently helping large systems find, onboard, and retain temporary contract staff. Linda, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ron. So glad to be here. What an idea you have. It's long overdue. I'm so glad. Can you tell us what you're doing to interview nurses about the surgeons in their hospitals? Sure. So it's it's about more than the surgeons, but we started back in May um, connecting with nurses in hospitals in seven cities around the country. Our, our hypothesis when we started was that hospitals are not the same and more so than CMS STARS ratings or HCAPS ratings or LeapFrog, which uses CMS STARS ratings from data that's two years old. We, we have this hypothesis that nurses can better report on the quality that's actually happening at the bedside than reliably uh, looking at data that's two years old. So I, I understand that CMS STARS ratings are based on data during COVID, sometimes three years ago, um, and that's great for what ha for if I was in the hospital three years ago, but I'm in the hospital today, what's happening today? And we think talking to the nurses and getting their feedback about what's happening at the bedside today is the most relevant quality metric we have. So what will that tell me if I go on your site in those seven cities? Um, so right now we've only completed Stockton, California. We have our other cities up and running, we're currently conducting research there. But what we found in Stockton was kind of fascinating. Indeed, um, hospitals are not the same. And in the report that we published, uh, you'll notice that there's a, a hospital that has a high recommendation rate from nurses. And you'll notice that there's a hospital that has a high recommendation rate for quality from nurses. And what we found was really interesting. So. Uh, St. Joseph's Medical Center, uh, a dignity health facility in San Joaquin County, California, 80% of the nurses recommended care to their loved ones there. And the reasons for that was because St. Joseph's Medical Center offers comprehensive complex care. So uh, heart surgery through prostate surgery, they, they had it all. And so the nurses said if they wanted their loved ones to receive great outcomes, go to the place that offers all the services. On the other hand, the nurses at Sutter Tracy, um, Sutter Health has a hospital in Tracy, and 81% of the Sutter Tracy nurses identified that the quality of care at Sutter Tracy is exceptional. And we ask nurses, when we're looking at overall quality of care, we're looking at Patients receive the time and the attention that they need. Um, there's enough staff. It's safe. The outcomes are good. But nurses at Sutter Tracy do not recommend 
their family to go there nearly as much because if somebody runs into a problem at that particular hospital that delivers care on the things that they do really well, their loved one's gonna need to be transferred to a tertiary facility. So it's interesting when you start to dig into the data with nurses at their own hospitals, even when the care that they're giving is really great, the nurses know that the patients may not be able to get the best outcomes if they stay there. So the staffing ratios in California are mandated. A few other states have mandates for ratios to make sure that they're not out of whack because if you put a waitress or waiter on seven tables, they may serve them all poorly, but if they go on six, they'll be just right for certain mm -hmm. kinds. It's the same with room cleaners for hotels. It's the same for any service, so, you know, people on airlines. You got so many people you can deal with, and then anything more than that, you've stressed out the system entirely. So that's California. You you think you're going to find that such good results when you leave California with its mandated ratios? Well, before we leave California, let's talk about how that actually looks in California, because you're right. Uh, California was the first state in the nation to put some regulations in place around staffing ratios. We have data from nurses in California saying that, yep, they are aware and their hospitals are aware that those staffing ratios exist. But there are instances where the hospital can say, yep, we need to exceed the staffing ratios. And they're allowed to do that per the regulation a certain number of times and a certain length of time. The other thing we heard that I think is even more fascinating, because I get it, sometimes somebody's, you're going to have 16 call-ins two hours before shift starts, and you're not going to have a, a backup plan because frankly, you haven't built bench strength into your nursing program, but that's a, that's a different podcast. But what we found from nurses across San Joaquin County, this was fascinating. What we heard was hospitals will adjust the acuity of the patient, whether or not the patient warrants it to meet those staffing ratios. And we think that's fascinating. So tell us what that means in plain English. So a patient with a high acuity, let's use a scale of one to five, and five is high acuity. A patient with an acuity score of five is going to be in the ICU. A patient with an acuity score of one is going to be in a med surge unit waiting for discharge. So patients have these acuity scores in the hospital, and that's largely how hospitals staff. They know that if a patient in the ICU is on a ventilator with titrating drips hanging in their IV, they're going to need probably need one-to-one -one care. So they so they have that acuity. They know how to staff for that. Does that make sense? Is that Completely. plain English enough? Okay. We have thousands of hospitals, and then we have thousands more independent surgery centers. Is it your plan to get nursing feedback on all of those? Yes. So we're 120 six-ish days old, um, and we are currently in or, or researching 70 hospitals across seven cities in the United States. Um, our intent is to get to the every single hospital in the United States every year. So we, by 2027, Care Luminate wants to be the Kelly Blue Book of hospitals, or the Moody's rankings of hospitals. Um, we would also love to expand into long-term care facilities and skilled nursing facilities, as well as specialty ambulatory surgical centers like orthopedics, GI, ophthalmology, 
or uh, multi-specialty ambulatory surgical centers. That is our intent. I'm going to mention RNs are glad to be heard. Yes. Yes. They don't get many surveys like this. No, I, I can tell you that at the end of the surveys, I get I get a couple of responses. One is, wow, you've given me, we have a series of 23 topics that we talk about with nurses during the interview. And so at the end of the interview, I'll get, wow, I have never thought about my career in in terms of the way you just couched it for me. You're asking me about my physical safety at work. You're asking me about staffing ratios. You're asking me about, do my patients see the best outcomes? And many of the nurses tell us that they haven't really thought about all of that at one time, but they get it in 20 minutes through our interview. The other thing we hear is relief. Thank you for listening. The work that you're doing is so important. I love my management, but there's only so much they can do. I've, I actually had a nurse tell me that it felt like a therapy session for her just to say some of these things out loud. That's wonderful. So we had a nursing executive tell us that her nurses don't know quality. That's why she has a quality department. And I was floored. And I, I said to her, nurses know the kind of care that they're able to give at the bedside. They know if care is delayed because Patients are, are sitting down in the emergency department waiting for their inpatient orders. They know when a patient falls, it's because there weren't enough eyes on that patient in the unit. My heart hurts when I hear a nurse tell me I have a patient ratio usually of six. And if I have a patient on fall watch, sometimes I'm, I'm the patient sitter in the room in addition to having five other patients to take care of. Probably always precepting. So she's got her hands full with a rookie. Sure. So They've got sure. other interactions too. Right. And we're also hearing that nurses that are fewer than two years into their careers are orienting the new grad nurses coming out, which I think is another fascinating thing. Hospitals seem to be having a really hard time holding on to their veterans. They're the uh, backbone of the nursing staff and nursing is the backbone of the hospital. Exactly right. And if you can't hang on to your most experienced staff, the hospital should really be looking at that. Uh, when you're letting that kind of experience walk out the door because of the moral injury that they've experienced over the past few years or, or the entirety of their career. I've been a nurse for over 30 years. And frankly, some of this stuff is not new. Some of the things that we're hearing have been going on in nursing for that long. So it, it's, it's time. It's time to get this into the light. Uh, sunlight is the best disinfectant, if you will. And it's time to get this, these stories out into the light and let the communities decide if a five-minute ER wait time for substandard care is better or worse than a 60-minute ER wait time with tremendously better care and nurses are actually recommending their family to go to the ER with 60-minute wait times. Okay, so I'm in San Joaquin Valley and the population there now knows this is the best hospital well, I know it's the best hospital for cardiology or just overall, but is it specific? No, it is not specific. It is just based on nursing recommendations about what's happening at the bedside. If you want to understand the specialties, you could go look at the CMS STARS ratings and, and what they're doing with cardiac surgery or uh, orthopedic surgery. Okay, so care limited. Then I go to the STARS rating with what service? CMS? Yeah. And good luck. 
that that is the most complex website I've ever seen. It is terrible. Data points. How do I find the right surgeon so I can avoid the hack and get the the mean SOB that's brilliant? We haven't cracked that nut yet. Um, we do have nurses that sometimes name physicians. And, uh, you know, what? we're 126 days and we haven't figured out how to do that and not get sued. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I understand. So how many nurses do you need to interview at a facility to get a good, clear picture of its quality? It depends how many beds are in the facility and how many uh, different kinds of units they have. So St. Joseph Hospital, for example, in San Joaquin County, it's just under 200 beds. And we needed to talk to 45 nurses there. And we taught, we, we have levers that we pull. So we make sure that we're not getting too many from the emergency department or too many from ICU. We really want a balanced approach across women and children's services, ER, ICU, med surge floors, OR, interventional radiology. So we're looking at uh, the spread of nurses across the hospital as well. Okay, so your kid needs an appendectomy, your partner needs a total hip replacement, and you need a hysterectomy. How do you personally find out the right surgeon for those three? Mm, I, I call my medical friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, nurses and doctors have been uh, have had side gigs as care navigators forever, right? Hey, who do you know that does a good job with the hip replacements, or who's a good OBGYN? I reach into my network and I say. This is what I need. This is what I'm thinking. Who would you recommend? And I can always get a good recommendation that way. And we think communities and patients out there who don't have people in the know need that information as well, which is one of the, the primary reasons that we started Care Illuminate is really for the patients. So short of marrying or dating a nurse or a doctor, what do you recommend for the rest of us, uh, ordinary folk? Follow Care Illuminate. Okay. We'll tell you which hospitals are are where the nurses are sending their own family. But wouldn't it be nice if, if we had a second step and we could now reach out to some of the nurses there and say, come on, I need cardiology from my father. What's the right, <laughs> the right gal? I love that idea. Um, if you could figure out a way for us to do that and not get slapped with silly lawsuits, I would be all in for yeah. naming names. Yeah, I know. I know nurses want to badly. Have you read uh, Marty McCary's Unaccountable? I've read everything he's written. He's, he's so brilliant. Um, that kind of transparency is so necessary and so hard to deliver. Yeah, when he was on the show, he said some what I consider very courageous things. I mean, most doctors won't go out on a limb and say the things he said. And I'm proud to know him that he's been on the show because he... Uh, He's one of the few, the proud and the brave. Right. Right. We're getting there. Um, like I said, we're only 126 days in, but we're really excited about some of the data that we're seeing. And we think it's compelling. Uh, I don't know how a hospital could look at this and not say, wow, not only can I see my data, but I can see all of my market competitive data as well. Uh, that has never existed before. This is truly never been done before research for healthcare markets. So how are you going to get paid for doing all this wonderful work? <laughs> well, um, so far we have some lovely angel investment, which we're so grateful for. Uh, people who really believe it, that this is important and really want to be a part of it. We intend to sell 
sell our data. It's all anonymized in the reports, as you'll see. Um, but we are sure that hospitals, if hospitals choose to invest in this, they can actually make some improvements that are meaningful to retaining their veteran staff. It will not be a consumer-facing site. So the consumer data will be free. So you can go out and look at what we did for San Joaquin County. Uh, we have a full report there that the, that is available to the public. And that is about, I don't know, 15 pages. Here, I have it open right here. It is, it's 15 pages of data with nursing comments. Beyond that, uh, Care Illuminate has an additional 6,000 lines of data of all different data points across all the questions we ask, the tenure of the nurse, the tenure at that hospital, the department that nurse works in. And we think academics will be interested in this data. We think CMS may be interested in this data. And we're very hopeful that payers and self-insured employers will also be very interested in this data. Okay. So when my father spent his final days a couple of decades ago in our best local hospital, he was in a really nice suite. Everything was private. It was beautifully handled, except they were starving him to death because they wouldn't put him on solid food. They kept him on an IV two weeks too long, and he, he kind of, his body evaporated. In other words, whoever the attending was wasn't watching over the diet. And so he could have eaten solid foods, but nobody attended to that. Is that a hospital failure? Is that his doctor's failure? Is that the charge nurse didn't read his, his chart? I mean, what, who's at fault when some patient gets basically you know, swept under the carpet accidentally. So uh, I would say everybody who touched that patient would probably have an opinion about why they did or didn't. It's really hard to say. I, I wonder if the nurse was advocating for the patient and was being heard. That's the first, so I'm a nurse, right? That's the first place I go. Was the nurse advocating for her patient and the physician was shutting that nurse down? That could be. Did the physician have a good reason for doing that and just wasn't good at educating you about why? It's hard It's hard for me to say, I don't know the case, but those are the places my head goes is, was the nurse heard? Was the physician a, a good educator? What other escalation points did you as a family have beyond the bedside nurse and the physician caring for your dad? Well, when the attending came in one day, I said, is there a reason why he can't get real food? He said he could have got it weeks ago. So it's just nobody thought about it. Mm. Look, there's a complexity, mm. a chain of complexity when you get into a hospital. There's a thousand moving pieces in a restaurant, yes. in a hospital, right? I mean, it's just, it's not a simple thing. I mean, you're washing, you're carrying, you're changing the bed sheets, you're wiping down the room. You're, it's, it's a thousand things that can go wrong. And uh, it's a great place to go if you want to get sick, right? Go to hospital. Exactly. <laughs> so we all want to stay out of them as completely often as we can. But when we go, we want to be treated well. So I just think it, it was just a collapse of like a thousand little things. I don't think it was it one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be that, you know, there's a shift change every 12 hours of nurses. Uh, your dad's doctor may have been in there every day, but how long did he actually spend at the bedside? And was he ever there at a mealtime to watch your dad eat? So it, there, you're right. There's a million wheels and a million pieces of movement, and it would be really hard to pull that all together. Uh, but I wonder, again, if the nurse is advocating properly for her patients, why isn't it being heard? Yeah, fair question. All right. What should I have asked because I didn't ask you? 
I don't know. Why is this different? Did I answer for you why this is different? Well, there's nobody doing it for one. Well, there's that. Um, I also think the idea that it's, you know, hospital A in any market can now see what hospital B's problems are. Yeah. Which I think is interesting, right? So hospitals talk about competing for care, but now they're going to, they're, we're hoping they're going to start competing for the best staff too. So in a, in a hospital, you're going to have a chief nursing officer who has a budget to hire, recruit, train. In a perfect world, you have great ratios and they're flexible as you described earlier. In a perfect hospital, you're going to have basically someone listening to the nurses and they can go and complain with complete confidence that they're not going to get burned for doing that because that can happen. You know about mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. So peer reviews, I think you've heard of those words, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Where somebody speaks out and maybe puts it in writing and they get in big trouble for it. You know what you didn't ask me? You didn't ask me if we ask hospitals to participate with us and give us names of nurses. That's true. How do you get the names of nurses? Our secret sauce is is really how we have been able to get into hospitals. We spent three weeks when we started knocking on doors, cold calling, cold emailing, getting nowhere, and then we cracked the code. But here's the beauty of what we're doing. When we talk to our first nurse and they go through the interview process with us, they are so excited to go tell their friends and colleagues to, to call us. So we have nurses who are referring their colleagues in these hospitals to come talk to us. It's brilliant. It's, it's really powerful. And I think nurses want this. We are not a nurse advocacy organization. We are sure that that is the fastest way to get our data shut down because hospitals will say, I don't need another nursing union coming to talk to me. We are a patient advocacy organization, and we're yes. doing this because patients need to know what's going on. And nurses are our partners in this. They are courageous and they are willing to spread the news to their colleagues and, and ask them to participate with us as well. We don't want lists of nurses from hospitals. We, we believe, I don't have any proof of this, but I believe that hospitals are already able to finagle data around um, the quality measures that are out there. Is there some sort of coalition of patient advocacy groups? Because we had Dave DeBronkert on our show. Yeah. Oh, uh, Dave's e-patient Dave. He's great. Yeah. He told us, he taught us a lot about something I didn't know anything about, which is that there are people that are advocates and there. I didn't know they're actually certified advocates. Right. So yeah. I mean, do y'all have a coalition of people that unite on behalf of the patients? Uh, we have not partnered with an organization like that. We are really focused on getting to the nurses at the bedside. And we're happy. You know what? We'd be very happy to share our data with organizations. That would be very cool for us, for them to have our data and be able to use it to help patients. But our, our mission is really to work with and partner with the nurses. All right. Well, Linda, we have a final question. First of all, how do people find you if they want to reach out to you and Care Illuminate? All my contact information is on our website, uh, careilluminate.com. And uh, my email and phone number are on there. I, and you can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn. And we have a pretty active social media site as well on Instagram. And if you could fly a banner over America with one single simple message, what would that be? Hashtag nurses know. Oh, nice. Well, Linda, thank you. I'd love to check in with you in a couple of years when you're in all the cities and you've got 
a giant data set that scares the hospitals into better advocacy for their own patients. I love that. And I, I hope we're here in five years to have that conversation. Right. Thanks for your time. You bet. Thanks, Ron. I have been a happy customer of Redirect Health since before I started the show, guys, and I know firsthand the integrity and laser focus on us of the members of its two founders, Dave Berg and Dr. Janice Johnson. What do I get from me and my team? Well, I have 24-7 access to my healthcare team for any reason, and they have all my medical records right at their fingertips at all times. So no more filling out those stupid forms in clinics. And if I need a refill, if I got a rash, if I hurt my back, I need an annual physical, Redirect Health takes it from there. I just tell them on my app what I need. We get free primary care visits and chiropractic and labs and patient assistance with meds, which means you can get free meds for a lot of your employees, probably most of them actually, and hospitalization with a $2,000 deductible. All of that is in my plan for about half what I used to pay in a traditional high deductible plan. But I have zero deductibles, zero co-pays, except for that 2000 So I go to get my care with my own doctor or they'll find one for me. You keep your doctor with this plan and I pay nothing there at the clinic after. It's super clean. What a friction-free plan should look like, right? And it's much less chance of any surprise bills and Redirect totally handles all the hassles when my doctor's billing department in the hospital messes up and they mess up 80% of the time. Well, I'm treated like a person, not a number at Redirect. So I'll say it on this show a million times and on my LinkedIn post dozens of times, I use Redirect Health. If you want to get the business owner's guide to slashing healthcare premiums, go to get.redirecthealth.com backslash Ron. Get.redirecthealth.com backslash Ron. Thanks for listening. You can advance our movement by subscribing and kindly take a minute and leave a review. Each is a win for this show. Until next episode.